Greetings, it's Terry at Cottage in the Court. Well, we made it to the third day of March, and I am still celebrating Women's History Month. I'd like to share a passage with you. For gardeners, the primary problem with February is impatience. The sun is a bit brighter, tarrying a few minutes longer, and holding just enough promise to prod a gardener into applying food to the floral troops. And yet, it's a false start. The sun is not strong enough to support new growth. Many an indoor gardener has lost his favorite flower due to February's breach of faith. I'd like to reintroduce you and to some introduce you to someone that I have admired for many, many years. Her name is Tova Martin. And that was an excerpt from one of her books that's a favorite of mine, The Essence of Paradise, Fragrant Plants for Indoor Gardens. It was such a pleasure to actually speak to Tova Martin, to hear her words of encouragement, to hear about her trials and errors, and to hear about her experiments as well. I hope you enjoy my chat with Tova Martin. I want to let my listeners know we're speaking with Tova Martin. How are you? What's going on where you are? We don't have any snow anymore. Do you share with me? Well, we have about six inches of snow on the ground, but um, in our hearts it's spring. I am a um, I'm an avid avid houseplant grower as as well as a gardener outdoors. I have. Um, I'm here in Connecticut and I have about seven acres of garden and I, I call myself a fanatical gardener. I, I really am nuts about it. Um, and so I garden outside and I also have always been an indoor gardener. Um, it's just something living in New England, you got to do, you, you, you've just got to do it. I've written several many books now about both indoors and outdoors but um in the houseplant realm i've written um the unexpected houseplant and the indestructible houseplant it's just trying to get people corral people around this concept and it suddenly suddenly terry it's barking mm-hmm don't you mm -hmm. think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, because you've been at this for, I'll say a minute. Why do you think now, all of a sudden, people are crazy about houseplants? Well, we need, I think we, I think it was just a case of us understanding how much we needed these plants, that there we are, you know, everybody was suddenly indoors with it in their own homes. Mm -hmm. And um, 
they suddenly became very, very conscious of who was around them. And, um, and the pandemic happened in very early, started in very early spring for many of us. And, and at that point, we, we couldn't get outside yet. And we needed, we needed nature. It, nature has always been seen as such a comforting, such a comforting in adversity mm -hmm. um, presence. And to have plants in your home, they become, it's different, I tell you, Terry. It's, it's like family, don't you think? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My, my plants have certainly been my friends as the numbers have increased. <laughs> what was your first house plant? Oh boy, I don't, oh, I do know. I do know the answer to that. <laughs> There you go. This goes way back. Mm -hmm. But um, this was when I was like a little, you know, a, a little brownie. I, I was just a, a little child and I brought an ivy home and I just assumed that all plants would flower. So I waited and I waited and waited and waited oh. and it didn't. But, you know, I began to, I, I still remember that ivy. You know, I mean, it, it became a presence to me mm -hmm. and it was, it, it, it kind of got me hooked. And of course, there's always people involved with these things. There was a um, Mrs. Doran, who was an ancient gardener who had a, a, a greenhouse down the street. And I would just come and sit on her stool, you know, and in and, and her office. And she would talk to me and tell me about her passion and explain mm -hmm. it to me. And it was, you know, I still keep up with her relatives, um, her, her grandchildren, I still know them. Mm -hmm. And it was such an important gate into it. Mm -hmm. Did she ever tell you why she started her love of houseplants or gardening? I think for her, it was something that it was, it was handed down through her family. Mm -hmm. I think it was an inherited love that, you know, a, a respect and, and a need to, to realize that you need plants all around you always. Um, mm -hmm. And she was a big houseplant advocate. And she, I, I'm sure she sent me home with that ivy. I mean, it was the, it was my, outlet you know or my inlet mm -hmm. and um it's it's that sort of thing you know it's people and it's it's companionship and it's it's like a tribe mm -hmm. of, of fellow gardeners yeah and and we all kind of touch antenna all the time mm -hmm. yeah now so what's your favorite of of your the plants in your home you've got over 200 how in the world did that happen Oh man, I think it's a hoarding issue, Terry. I, I really do. I think it is. Um, anybody else would just say cuckoo. Uh, <laughs> I like hoarding because um, that means we're like. <laughs> you know, it it's about sharing and it's about wanting to adopt and um it's about 
you know, seeing that plant and not being able to pass it by and just knowing you could give it such a good home mm -hmm. and, and seeing, but also, also, I want to just convey that a garden indoors is also like community. You know, it's about the interrelationship of the plants with one another and what you look at and how you look at them threading together and interconnecting and touching each other. And you, you are part of that relationship. You become part of, it, it, it's just, it, it feels so good, you know, um, you're, you have a lot of control, which means you have a lot of responsibility and you can sort of buck that and, and feel, you know, like you can't do it or you can embrace it mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to, I'm going to mother or father all these plants. Mm -hmm. You know, I am going to be there. I'm going to be there for them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to grow them. I'm going to nurture them. And once you start getting into that mindset, it feels so good. It's all their little, all their little new growth, all their little flowers. They feel like they're, they feel like personal thank yous. Yeah. 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 I call those my little, my little paychecks. I, all of my little plants, you know, I, I always let them, I give them two weeks to kind of get situated. And then I start looking for, uh oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I spritzing it? Do I give it enough water? Am I giving it too much water? Should I feed it? Nope, it's wintertime. Don't feed them. You know, so there is this conversation that I actually have with the plant. And it does make it like my family because my daughters are grown and gone. So my plants are my little children now. It, it, isn't it? Don't you think it's all about sensitivity? Yeah. Yeah. And they feel the love that you give them. They do. Yeah. They definitely do. Yeah. I remember getting some roses, uh, little short roses from the grocery store. And I put uh, vermicompost water on them um, and just kind of left them alone for a little bit. This is when I was living in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And they came back. They bounced back. I was like, wow, they just needed a little love, you know, a little bit of food. It worked. It worked. It, 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 every little thing you do for your plants is appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yes, there is such a thing as overdoing. You know, you can overdo. That's definitely the case. But I think most people sort of, get into that just like the parenthood they get into this the um the routine of it mm -hmm. and and the, and the, they become sensitive and it's all about you know if you if you have children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or any any young people coming into the home they see that they they see that relationship just like they see you out there gardening mm -hmm. outside they see it and they learn this respect for nature. Mm -hmm. I really think it's partly about um, that passing along of, of, of nature and love of nature. Mm -hmm. And it 
you know, people, some people think that houseplants, um, you know, it, it's not an obvious, um, what, what to say, it's not an obvious place for plants to grow. Mm -hmm. but, they, but I I don't see that at all. I see every window I see is a possibility mm -hmm. to nurture something um, in it, grow something. And, um, and that window becomes much so much more meaningful mm -hmm. to me. Um, and, and, and granted, you know, nobody here, nobody neither out here is saying it's even a good idea to have 200 houseplants. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> no one's suggesting that at all. That's just nuts. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you'll see that, that as you begin to nurture them and you, cre you begin to create and establish and build your own, your, your, your own um, aesthetic in it. Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes, again, you become part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the fact that you're all cohabitating together. Yeah. It's really important to me. It's mm -hmm. different. Don't you think it's different than the garden outside? Yeah, it is because it, well, for one thing, it's more intimate. So in selecting your plant, selecting the plant that's going to be able to tolerate your living environment, whether it's partly shady, whether it's a brilliantly sunny room, you should go and look for that plant that's going to adapt to the living conditions because it's going to be your friend in that living condition. And now that we're kind of sequestered, it's really going to be your best friend. <laughs> now of your plants that you have inside, which one would you say is your best friend? Wow, that's like, that's really hard to say. I mean, it changes all the time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and wow, you know, I it, it it's really hard to pick favorites. Um, I, you know, if you asked me that question a week ago, I would have a different answer. But um, right now, it's, there's this, um, Lady slipper, tropical lady slipper orchid, a, a path, um, a pathiopetalum that is just the bud has been rubbing up for weeks now. Mm. I mean, it's still in the bud stage, it's still tightly furled, and I'm waiting for it to come out and greet its mama mm -hmm. um, here. And so, it, there's this wonderful anticipation that's going yeah. on, and with it. it so there's this daily relationship mm -hmm. between it and me um, that's happening of, of me watching it, hoping for it, cheering it on. Mm -hmm. And um, every time I open my curtains first thing in the morning, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's to see how, how much more that bud has swollen yeah. and it's, it's, it's getting ready to open. But it, I don't want to say that it's all about flowers at all. No. Yeah. No. The leaf, a new leaf. When I first bought my, um, I bought two <laughs> monsteras and they're in the living room and one is in brighter light, one is in lower light. I knew it wasn't going to bloom, but I just wanted to see when does the leaf split? 
what does the new leaf look like? Is it lighter or darker green than the rest of the leaves? So that is my, you know, it sounds weird, but I wake up in the morning, other than my dog Precious, I look at those monsteras and then, and I have a begonia, um, kind of like a begonia collection kind of, but there's a begonia, very much an old fashioned. Someone gave me a cutting. I now have a full on plant and she told me it might bloom for you, honey, but even if it doesn't bloom, that leaf has brought me so much joy on a daily basis. It's unreal. And the exciting thing, last Saturday, my, my dad had this, it could be a Christmas cactus or an Easter cactus. Who knows? It always bloomed between those times. And I put it in my guest bedroom and I'll go up and visit it every once in a while, particularly when I'm speaking with my dad. And the other day I noticed it bloomed. Mm. I wasn't looking for a bloom. I just went upstairs to kind of say hi to my dad and go, guess what? I'm doing this. And there was this bloom dead center right in the front. It was like, okay, this made me feel good. Do your plants speak to you like that? Yeah. Oh, all the time. Um, it's, I guess it's a, um, you got to think of it as a mutual effort, you know, it's like a team. That's what it is. It's a team. Mm -hmm. It's a team effort. And um, just like any family and um, what you do with this little team effort is, is really appreciated by the plant. They can, you know, they know, they respond. Mm -hmm. They respond to care. Anything responds to care, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you are in the middle of the winter, everything is barren outside or worse, mm -hmm. you know? And you're just cuddled up. You're just cocooning away with these plants that remind you of your family, of your heritage, mm -hmm. of who you are and what you're doing here. And just, you know, it's giving you a chance to work with nature at a time of year when going outside can be downright painful. Yeah, yeah. But now you've bought a bloom inside with your iris. <laughs> Do you have any other plants that are blooming inside now? They remind you that one day soon we'll actually go outside in nature. Yeah, there's there's a lot of previews. I've also got um, they haven't bloomed yet, but um, I forced daffodils, mm -hmm. so I've got those. They're rubbing up. They you know I they'll have buds pretty soon. Mm -hmm. um, so I do it with a lot of bulbs, but I also and here's the weird thing. Um, and again, it, it, it's, it's just something that I do. I, I do even hookeras. I do hookerellas. I do tiarellas. Inside? Inside. And do you know what? What? They're blooming. The, the, at least the, the um, hookerellas blooming. That little foam flower yeah. is happening. You know, I, I never thought about it, but if, you know, that just makes sense. Now think about it because now 
All right, the parameters are that they are low light. They don't need a lot of, these are low light garden plants. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think they need the dormancy. They do not. They do not, at least these hookeras and hookerellas, and they have been just fine. I've done it with hostas a lot. Yeah, the miniature hostas. Um, I, I just bring them in. Um, and to me, that whole look of a garden inside, you know, everybody wants a certain look for their house, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is your domain. Mm -hmm. So how it looks is really important to you and evocative. So if you want a garden and the sense of a garden, you might not, you might think of doing perennial plants that would normally grow in your garden and trying them inside. And if you go with low light plants, ferns, you can do it with, I had a Hakanakloa grass up in, it, that was just doing fine. I have uh, Carex right here in my office with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, sedges. And they're, they're, they're fine houseplants and they remind me of my garden. They give me a strong sense of my garden outside too. Mm -hmm. So I, I mix them with the tropicals, but I don't do only tropicals mm -hmm. because I want it to feel interwoven like my life, you know, mm -hmm. interwoven in my, in my, in my home, inside my home. Now you've so, got me thinking about this one, uh, Hukura, tiramisu, because I love tiramisu. Mm. Uh, mm. I, I, when mine pops up this spring, I think I'm going to, shave a little off the side and pot it up and think of you when I bring it in next fall. How innovative. Who would have thought That's that? That's exactly how it happened. It was such total serendipity. I had was, you know, doing fall cleanup. I was messing around with the hookeras and I was, um, you know, cleaning them up and taking off the dead leaves. And by mistake, I pulled up a whole clump <laughs> and there I was with this clump and I thought, oh, you know, I'm in New England. So I thought it's too late. If I put it in the ground, it's probably not going to make it. I'm, I just, I, I have to bring it in. And that's how it all, that started, that whole thing started with, and it, it worked like, a, worked so well that I, you know, it, it could easily be an obsession. And there are people, I know you're doing fine, Terry, with your begonias, <laughs> but there are people that don't do so well with begonias and they're considered to be high maintenance. And so if you have something like that, you know, that love that beautiful foliage, that hookera is gonna fill that need. Yeah. Much more easily. Yeah. No maintenance. I mean, just yeah. remember to water them. Well, that the the begonias, they remind me to water them. And I'm personally quite amazed that they're still alive. But I love the leaf. Mm. I'm a leaf girl. I love blooms, don't get me wrong. But there's something about a leaf with texture, with color, like Hosta, um, uh, Francis, oh, the name is oh, yeah. me now. <gasps> I bet you that one would be small enough to bring in. Oh, because it's just beautiful. It is just beautiful. Yeah. You know, the color might be slightly different, 
mm -hmm. um, because they're indoors and they're not getting as much light. But mm -hmm. um, but it's all it's all fun. Yeah, I, I even this year I was presented a supposedly a rare um, pollinator plant. It's an it's an odd um, uh, plant. It's really pretty though, but it's an annual. But it's in the basement. I bought it in because it was like you know, I can't just dismiss it. And first I was gonna cut it back, and it's like nope, don't cut it back. Just leave it alone. Put it by that sunny sliding glass door, and water it once a month to keep it alive, but kind of in animated suspension, so to speak, mm -hmm. and see what happens. And when I went downstairs the other day, there's new growth at the tip, right go. beside a brugmansia. I bring my brugs in every year. Mm. I love them. Yeah, yeah, and they need. They're very tender. Yeah, yeah. And and my bay, it was touched by frost. It's got new leaves. It's like, okay, we're just experimenting here. So I just made another shelf by that sliding glass door. And now there's a garden down there in my sewing studio as well. So you can garden anywhere. So tell me, do you miss your outdoor garden in the wintertime or does your indoor garden feed your soul enough to keep you in a state of anticipation about the outdoor garden? That's a really good question. Really good. And I'm thinking that it's important to me to have the outdoor garden to frame what I've got indoors. It's not like I'm totally interior centric. It's There's always that frame of outside that I look and, and I see the contours of the land. And anytime you look out a window, even if it's not your own land, you just, winter I think accentuates the contours and the shape of the land and the beauty of the land. Um, I think it, it, that as a, you know, it, I think that's part of the dialogue. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd like to say. But, um, but I couldn't make it without the house plants. Um, I, any, you know, again, just even if you bring it, if, even if you just pick up an ivy, you know, something that is so low maintenance, um, that it, just something about that greenery um, is, it, it's just nourishing. It just keeps you going. It, it keeps, uh, it, it keeps you remembering that you're a gardener through winter. I mean, heaven knows we have plenty of seed catalogs to thumb through. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> so in, uh, in one of your books, The Garden in Every Sense and Season, what was your thought process behind that book? Wow, you know, that was one of those, these books that um, it, it was sparked by a friend actually, who said to me, um, you, you've got a front porch with rocking chairs on it. Have you ever sat on that front porch and rocked? And I had to admit that I didn't much. I was always working, working, working and putting out fires in a, as we say mm -hmm. in the garden, um, you know, just, 
running around the garden and serving it. But I suddenly stopped and thought, what would happen if I really thought about conscious, conscientiously and consciously thought about um, thinking of, about each sense and plugging it in that day. So for example, one day would be the, um, the touch day. And I would go around feeling my way around the garden. Mm. And, and I began to layer that, um, that all those layers of, of being aware in it, awareness in your garden, so that it became, Terry, where this went was amazing. It, yeah. it went far beyond me. It went to observations about critters and insects and birds and the whole habitat that I wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't plugged in. You know, I mean, you, you, you just have to listen for that pool party that's happening in your bird bath. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you usually hear the twittering of birds before you actually see, you know, know to look out and see them. So my understanding of the garden and serving nature on a much larger level, on a, on a much deeper level was just went up so many notches as a result of this exercise of, of layering on all the senses plugging them in one at a time and really thinking about them. Thinking about, you know, thinking about for touch, thinking about the way we move around the garden, how, how our pathways affect our cadence as we're walking around our garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, makes, it makes a difference. I, um, last year I grew vegetables all on my terrace. So I didn't really sit out there because every time I went out, I was working. Mm -hmm. This year, I rented a community gardening plot because I'm going to go back to putting flowers on my terrace because I too realized the garden is for us to enjoy. We don't always have to work in it. You know, part of our work could perhaps be smelling, touching, listening, sit under a vitex and listen to the birds, to the bees buzzing. It's a bee party every single day. And if we don't pay attention, one day we won't be able to pay attention because the garden won't be there. And we have to admit the garden has been there for us and it has also reached its fingers into community and brought more people into the garden. So your community garden is like, you know, just an immense, your plot in the community garden is just an immense outreach moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I plan on giving and sharing. I gave a lot of produce away last year, but it was really um, a moment of, of recognizing my gardening why. Do I garden to eat? Yeah, I do. But do I solely garden to eat? No. I garden for the joy of it, the beauty of it, 
the scent of it, the feel of it, and not just the taste of it. Why do you garden? Well, all those things. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, but I'm going to add one more, and I bet you're going to you're going to echo it also because it's exactly what you do, and that's the message mm. that the message that it sends, and and the message that your community plot sends to the rest of the community, um, because. That's so important. I, I want to be known as the lady with the head down and the butt up. Yes, yes, yes. I could have that on my gravestone. Seriously, <laughs> I'm. Serious. It would bring me such joy. Because <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> it, I think it, you know. So it's it's partly the message that it sends to everybody that goes by, and and you'd be amazed at how little kids, even though they don't sometimes seem as though they're soaking this up, mm -hmm. they are soaking this up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I'm totally cool with being the crazy lady. Mm -hmm. Totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's fine if that's my role, you know, but um, I, I think that, you know, it, it's, I, like you, I, eat the garden too. I grow edibles mm -hmm. and I don't know where I'd be without that. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I have to feel as though I'm being nourished. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's part of it. Yeah. Don't yeah. You think? It is. It is. The garden feeds our, our bodies. It feeds our souls. It feeds our mind. It just feeds us. It feeds the total being. At least in my garden, it does. Um, so you're you're doing a lot of speaking, a lot of virtual speaking. Any more writing, speaking? Where can people find you, and and what are you doing these days? Well, I'm doing a lot of Zoom virtual lectures, and I'm loving every minute of it. I I didn't know I'd love Zoom as much as I do, but welcome to my office. You know, yeah. every time I Zoom. Um, and, and so people actually are able to, in a way, virtually come into my home with me. And that's kind of fun. So I love doing that. I'm also doing um, houseplant coaching, helping a lot of people um, grow, you know, people that have done it for the first time, maybe, or want to redesign their, their indoor gardens or have questions or, you know, the plant doctor is in. So um, it's, it's really fun that way. Um, and I'm also um, writing, I do always a lot of freelance writing mm -hmm. um, for magazines. So I'm doing a lot of that and thinking up ideas for the next book. Great. So, yeah, yeah. Your book repertoire is serious, let me tell you. <laughs> well, it always reflects where I'm at, you know? And I have to tell you that Terry, when I first proposed my first houseplant book, my first recent houseplant book to Timber Press, I thought I was whistling in the dark. I really did. I didn't think that anybody else was going to, you know, I, I thought that houseplants were sort of like the, um, you know, the unsung heroes, at least they were for me. Um, they, were, they were sung for me, but 
I thought they were unsung for everybody else. And, and boy, I was so heartened with the response. Wow. It, it really was amazing that I, I, I was certainly not alone. No. Certainly not alone. Huh. Were they happy that you kind of lit that match for them? Because that was, you know, putting it out there and with your reputation behind houseplants, I'm sure they were like, this is a win-win. <laughs> well, they saw, yeah, I was really surprised and delighted that they saw that they saw that it was, you know, it, it, it would be a potentially good topic. And um, the and and then I mean I really do think that this began long before the pandemic that I, I really think that people began to realize how much they need plants mm -hmm. um, by their side in their family. Um, that I think the pandemic so totally underlined it, mm -hmm. but hopefully when we're all better and and, and safe and um, able to go out into the world with no fear anymore. Um, those plants that we adopted are still going to be our best best buddies. Yep. Don't you think? Yep. Yes, they will. And and we will probably share them more as well, um, because the pandemic I think only lit the candle, but the candle of loving house plants will continue to burn because they're there for us. They're, they're surrounded. They're surrounding us. And there's all these new cultivars coming out. It's just crazy. <laughs> there are some great new plants. And you know what? Even the easiest, you know, moth plants, the, what I used to call the dentist office plants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, there's so many new spins on them that are so worthy. And I never thought that I would grow a spider plant. I never thought I, I, I when I first asked to do um, my book to Timber Press, I said, but no spider plants, okay? <laughs> well, I totally ate my words. There's these wonderful curly spider plants. They're outrageously gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, you just need to open the door. Yeah, yeah. Go, go into any any shop that has plants right now and try not to ooh and ah over something. You won't make it. <laughs> you won't. I, you just won't. <laughs> and, you know, these most of these are so easy. I mean, a lot of them are really, really easy to grow. Um, a lot of them are no fail. When I work, was working on the indestructible houseplant, I thought for sure that, uh, you know, I, I was going to have a very small list of indestructibles. <laughs> well, I was so wrong. I mean, I, I put them through their paces. They went through the, the, the bounce testing and the, and the, and the thirsties testing and all that. And mm -hmm. a lot of them were pretty, pretty strong little guys there yeah so for the new houseplant parent what words of advice do you have for them well i would say just really be sensitive just really look you know 
when people, when I was writing Indestructible Husband, I wanted people to know that doesn't mean not appreciating them. Mm -hmm. You look at them and you see them and you say, oh, you need a little drink. So I think the sensitivity, get the most, I guess the message is get the most out of your houseplants that you possibly can mm -hmm. because um, they can be awfully good buddies. And it's just like, you know, realizing the treasure you got because um, they're really easy. And, and the more you, the more you appreciate them and notice them, the more you're going to learn about them mm -hmm. and learn how to take care of them. Cause they'll just tell you. Mm -hmm. They will. <laughs> they will. And, and for the other people that are probably a little addicted to houseplants, had them for a while, what words would you give to them? Oh, wow. Wow. I, I would just say um, to them, keep on going. I mean, express to, you know, when, when you go into the supermarket, um, just kind of whisper to the floor, floor of the apartment, things you want to see. It's amazing what you can get just locally. And I think you can be the, you can lead the parade. Yeah. You know, you can, you can be the, the cheerleaders. Yeah. for another generation. So I would say, um, speak about it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Speak about it and share. Thank you for sharing with me today. It means a lot because I've been a fan of yours for quite a while. And I own the indestructible house plant and the garden in every season. <laughs> wow, thank you. Yes, I own those books. So, you know, knowing that there's somebody else out there with this crazy passion that I've now fallen back into is very meaningful. So I do thank you. And we will definitely be looking you up online and um, seeing where you're going to be appearing next as we wait for your next book. Well, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank, you, thank you for inviting me. This has been so much fun. Oh, same here, same here. Have a wonderful afternoon, okay? Same to you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she amazing? I cannot tell you how many of Tova Martin's books I have on my bookshelf, but let's just say I'm a fan. Tova, Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, snowy snow day to chat with me about houseplants. I just, you've made my month. You've really made my month. I wanted to share an excerpt from March. If February's fragrances played hard to get, March's flowers Deliver the goods right to your olfactory organ. In March, you can let your nose lead the way. Once again, one of my favorite books from Tova Martin, The Essence of Paradise. You really want to check it out. In the meantime, be careful in transplanting those houseplants. Even though it's March, Make sure you know what you're doing, okay? I ask that you continue to follow me 
my website, cottageinthecourt.com, Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court, Facebook, Cottage in the Court. And I look forward to sharing more people, more women with you in this month where we're celebrating women's history. Have a great day.